I really think that just in terms of like the way I think, I'm always like somebody who's like, I don't really accept no for an answer. I'm just like, I am doing this. So it's just like, mm. you know, it's different. You don't really have that mentality that this will never not work out, you know? Give it a year, I bet they'll call you a genius. This gorgeous female powerhouse has collaborated with some of the biggest names in music today, including Drake, Jennifer Lopez, BTS, Little Mix, Tori Kelly, Jessie J, Noah Cyrus, Diplo, Max Martin, Stargate, Benny. She's an executive producer, a publishing co-owner, a total babe if I say so myself. It's Jenna Andrews. I'm so honored to have you on the show. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be here, girl. Thanks, thanks. So we're going to do some truth and dare. I'm going to okay. ask you questions about your life, and then we're going to do a fun game at the end. And Love to see it. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, okay, I want to go back to the beginning of your story, and I want to know how the heck did you start writing songs? How did you get into music? Was there somebody that inspired you, told you what to do? Yeah, so, I mean, I started music, I mean, probably similar to a lot of us, probably like you, you know, as a kid, I just picked up, well, my parents bought me like a little piano and was teaching myself how to play, and then I was just like, oh yeah, cool, she can sing, she's musical, let's put her on every lesson possible, you know? Um, What dream parents. I know. (laughs) Do you think so? For shizzles, my nizzles, nobody (laughs) played music in my family. Well, what about you? Well, I had a piano, but that was like trial and error. Oh my God, okay. Too bad YouTube wasn't around back then. So what did you do? Like your parents were just like, no, absolutely not? No, I just, I would just spend hours learning the hard way, you know, like, oh, does this sound good together? (laughs) Well, girl, you're here today, so yeah. we love yeah. it. Okay, so anyways, you, yeah. your parents threw you into the mix? So they threw me into the mix, and basically, like, you know, I'm from Cal- Calgary, Canada, so it's just, like, obviously there's not as much resources, and it's not necessarily known as a music town, but I did what I could, and it also, like, taught me to be, like, a hustler, you know? So I, um, I did a lot of stuff as a kid in terms of, like, stage shows. Like, I did stage shows with Sesame Street, um, and I did, like... You know, I was in a youth performance choir that traveled North America and things like that. And then basically just hustled myself into like playing shows to artists that were coming into town would be like, oh, "Oh, I'll sell like a thousand or be like, I don't remember how many, but it'd be like, I'll sell like 500 tickets if I can open for you. And then I would just meet people, you know, how would Um, you sell 500 tickets at that age? Oh my I god! I would just hang out. Did you have five hundred friends? <laughs> Not even. I mean, I would. I honestly was such a hustler. Like it was always in me. Like I, I basically like would hang out, like find out all the people at the radio stations and get internships and just hang out at radio stations and just do my thing. Like, which is fascinating because, first of all, from the first second I know you, like you have a hustler energy, which is right. like, so infectious. I love it. Thanks. But. I mean, you must have been really young then. How did you get into radio stations? Like, every kid would want to hang out at a radio station. <sighs> I mean, I... It's not even, like, honestly, it's so funny because in Calgary, it's not, it's different. You, like, can show up and be like, hey, can I intern? Like, can I get coffee? And um, But it wasn't even, honestly, until I was in the 10th grade. So I would have been, like, 16 when I started doing the radio stuff. Um so it wasn't even like that young. Like I wasn't like pulling up at seven being okay. like, hey guys, I'm getting you coffee. <laughs> Let me <explain laughs> you. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and I also like did a year of college for journalism broadcast actually. So Dope. So that was another way that I was obviously connected to the TV and, and media you know, world. I actually was offered like a sports broadcasting job when I was 19 which I was like That's bro cool, right? um no because I know nothing about sports okay. but but I went to journalism school because it was like the only thing that made sense in terms of being a writer and like being you know and I'd done so much um 
like I've been in music my whole life. I did like classical training and stuff. So yeah. I already did that. So I was like, oh, I, you know, I wanted to try that. And then obviously, you know, I'm, not, I'm here now. So I left. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. But it was a cool experience, though, like to know this side. For sure. You learn a lot. Yeah, you do. But at what point did you think that you could do music as a career? Um, When did I realize it or? Because it seems like as a kid, you already knew that you were going to do this. Yeah. So I think all that's what I'm saying. I think I always knew it. Like, I mean, in terms wow. of like having it be like like actually happened you mean I mean I really think that just in terms of like the way I think I'm always like somebody who's like I don't really accept no for an answer I'm just like I am doing this so it's just like Mm. you know it's different because you're just you're you don't really have that mentality that this will never not work out you know but in terms of like when it became a like a career like in terms of like um I'm trying to think of the first actual gig i mean i would say i got signed to my first production deal when i was 19 wow. when i moved to vancouver so that's probably when it all s- like started is um, that why you moved to vancouver well no it was like i moved to vancouver because um out of one of the things out of uh, i met a concert promoter in like one of the shows that i played oh yeah and um so through that i met a producer and then that's why i moved because i was like you know as much as journalism broadcast was completely fulfilling I don't know but like the professor actually he was great he was like he was like music's your thing like I don't know what what you're doing here like you gotta you gotta go do this so and they actually were like we'll let you do um you know as much as we can online so I actually ended up doing basically up to three years of my degree I couldn't do like the last year but but I moved to Vancouver and basically just kind of like to work with this producer but I actually was interning at like I don't know if you know like Canadian um record labels. like no like uh tv stations but like i was interning at like ctv and stuff like that while i was oh. like in the studio you know i was just like whatever i was just like whatever like my whole thing is like kind of like hustle all the type of ways until something connects i mean that's a rule to live by right <laughs> <laughs> um when was the first time you wrote a song where you're like damn this should be a number one? Oh, i mean that's like that is such a hard question because i don't really know i mean i think you know probably like a lot of times you know and Mm -hmm. as much as like you sharpen your pencil as you like go along in your life you realize like oh shit the first song I probably thought was number one could never have been number one you know what I mean like I probably the first time I probably actually thought that the song was probably shit (laughs) okay okay. but 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 you thought it but I know of course I mean you always do I feel like you but as you become better and as you become like more aware of what it takes and sometimes it's lightning in a bottle because sometimes you're like, you know, you have a certain song that you do that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this song is like actually as big as it is, you know. Um, so it's always kind of like a weird thing. But I mean, now I feel like with have being an artist and a songwriter and an executive, I have like much more of like a realistic thought process when it comes to being like, OK, I think this could be really this could actually really work because um, there's so many factors involved in making a hit you know it's also it's like obviously the copyright itself but it's so many other things it's the artist it's like the marketing it's the label it's like so even things like beyond the song oh yeah Yeah. it's a hundred percent i mean that's it's not just like a song you can write the best like smash in the world that everyone's like this is the number one but whatever happens you know there always is an element of luck that takes it all the way yeah fascinating wow who was the first person that really believed in you and gave you a chance and did you feel like you had to pound on doors or were doors just like naturally opening and you were following a flow 
No, I definitely had to pound on doors. It's okay. so funny. My, so the, my, um, my first manager who actually found me on MySpace. Um, yeah. Figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from a song that I uh, wrote for my parents for Christmas when wow. I was like dead ass broke. Um, he actually, he's the reason why I moved like from Vancouver moved to Toronto. And um, he, he totally like, you know, he, he basically, you know, helped develop me to the point to get my first deal at Island Def Jam and stuff like that. And I think. But he always made a joke. He was like, oh, you would hide in, like, the janitor closet to get a, a, an opportunity. Yeah, you know what I right. mean? Like, I was definitely that person. Like, I always have been. If anything, it's just like, like I said, I, li- I, I just think that's just, everybody has a different circumstance. But I think for the most part, drive gets you a really long way in life. You know what I mean? Totally. Wait, this is definitely not one of my scripted questions. But you are so fascinating to me. And I feel like I've done so many daredevil things oh my in my God. life that are hilarious like i love that's so funny. artist passes at coachella when i was like not even having a song out and like got to be in you know like the coolest things and right i feel like the same thing is true on the the business side and i feel like you probably have done some bizarre things to get into a room right oh oh i see what you're saying um let me see i mean i've probably just like been relentless but i don't think i've done like anything like i can't like think of anything i mean i would have to like think harder i I don't know that i've like um but i i think that if somebody has told me no i definitely are gonna gonna, i'm gonna come back again you know i think there's a level of desperation too that you have to be careful of but um but i also think that it's like tenacity is so important so like for me and like to be able to get into rooms and get what you want you just have to keep like you can't be like oh okay cool they said no moving on like that's just not how it works obviously yeah. the strategy and picking the timing and like sort of having like that intuition on when that timing is but i think just not taking no is already just being like a way to get in rooms yeah. do you know what i mean have you ever second guessed yourself thinking oh maybe if these doors aren't opening that means i'm not good yeah yeah of course i mean everybody does it's just like I think we're all human and at the end of the day like what makes a great artist is the insecurities you know and like and I think that's the vulnerability that people want to hear from someone's music but um but I think no I mean my it's like it's like obviously you can go to sleep at night being like I suck and you could have the worst day and like basically I'm quitting blah 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 but like at some point if it, if you love it enough and this is like what you feel like your purpose is like it's just you'll keep going it's just like a natural thing it's not even something that can be taught it's like there's no choice yeah Wow. Um, I'm curious what the biggest risk you've taken has been that paid out other than like your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Literally. I mean, honestly, I would think like taking I mean, the fact of just like moving from even Calgary to Vancouver when I was 19 was a big risk because it was like I had, you know, no money. And it was like I was living by my, my by myself. I was actually, you know, I found. I met this girl actually fun fact I actually auditioned for Canadian Idol I just remember this and we stood in we stood in line for so long and I met this girl in line and um in we were in line forever like it was like 20 hours or however long you stand in line right and um I met her I guess when I was like 18 and like she was the only person I knew from Vancouver and I was like any chance I can like crash on your couch and like literally packed up my car drove across you know the I mean just to you know it was 12 hours it was 12 hour drive because it's like you know i'm in alberta and british columbia so it's like it's not crazy but it's still at 19 it's crazy you know especially coming from calgary where you're like oh my god i'm moving out for the first time 
Um, and then, you know, so having that and then basically like I got a waitress job. I slept on her couch, you know, this girl that I met just randomly in a line. Wow. And it was just like and it was like kind of like two hours outside of the city. So I had to drive back and forth every day, which is crazy. And even like that song that I put on MySpace was um, like I had literally no money. So some days I would just like pull my car in front of the water and just sleep in my car. Wow. And that's when I wrote that song. So I feel like I've also slept in my car. <laughs> girl it's 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 definitely one of those things that makes you think and it's also nice in front of the water like you know what i mean probably not the safest but nice. yeah <laughs> mine wasn't nice because i had to pee <laughs> <laughs> not as easy for a girl as, I was than like, a boy. What? <laughs> so jenna i always thought you were fascinating and cool and then your pr company sent over your bio and i was like who the heck is Jenna Andrews you know like you've worked with so many people that are at the absolute peak of their game right I'm curious what those sessions were like were you nervous were you in with the artists or were you pitching it to them did you have any crazy like pinch me moments that you're like oh my god this is the big the big leagues or the whatever that expression (laughs) um I mean they always change I feel like again it's so it's so weird because I feel like I'm so consumed by this that I feel like I've had so many of those um luckily those moments but I mean um you're like last week last week billboard hot 100 well literally that is yeah no totally that's definitely one of those moments um I think like they've all been different I mean maybe like meeting Max Martin like I feel like that was just because you know I was I was just like brand new at Island Def Jam and I was such a new artist and again from Canada and then obviously like already getting to work with max martin it was just like oh my god this is insane like and it was just so soon after being signed so it just felt like you know that and also la reed to be honest because he was somebody that when i grew up it's like you don't know that many you know like like for me i knew barry gordy i knew la reed i knew who like clive davis you know like you know because it's like mariah carey and whitney all the ones that like you're obsessed with growing up and like i want to be a singer like so you would follow those people and who you know led them down their careers or whatever but i was very interested in la just because he's a musician first you know obviously and i felt like that was amazing so when i got signed by him that was definitely like a pinch me moment and when you have this, because I love Max Martin, <laughs> um, but like when you have a session with these people, do you like over prepare, show up with 30 different song ideas? What was that like? I know, you know, no. And it's like, with ha- well, that w- that was an interesting one because I was working with Sovin um, Kocheka a lot and there was a song we wrote that they just sent to Max and then Max would like send us ideas on GarageBand, which, which is also like Crazy. n- the craziest thing. I was like, how is this happen? Like, why is Max sending like, this is, insane like that is a pinch me moment because you're like how is he sending me melody ideas on garage band That's you know insane. Um, as an artist right this is why you were still an artist yeah yeah exactly okay. but i mean um but in, in terms of preparation like i think my whole thing just because of being an artist and like what i loved about writing with people when i was doing those sessions for my own music it was like there's a certain element of like having it be just natural and not feeling like so scripted you know what I mean because like I could come in for with a concept and be like hey I have 10 concepts but but they may not relate to your life do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I'd rather like treat it like a therapy session which is Mm -hmm. why I do you know my green room talks podcast about mental health and it was always something that I really I look at sessions like that and to me it felt unfair sometimes to be like hey these are the 10 concepts when I feel like you may not actually feel that in your heart so a lot of times I feel like 
the most successful sessions that I've had have been very much like emotive and very like connected and we made it together rather than like, hey, here's my thing and you latch on. However, I feel like now I do do that sometimes. It really just depends because I think sometimes some artists do like that, obviously. And I think in that sense, it's good to have a few. Yeah. But I do mostly like to just like start from scratch. I have to say, I love that Complex Magazine said that you're one of the few people that have a bunch of commas behind your name and are excellent at all of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, oh, my God. I'm dead. But it's funny because you have a publishing company. Right. And you've brought un- other artists under your wings. And now it seems like you're in a bunch of sessions with a bunch of people. Right. How do you figure out, like, who has final say? Do you have to, like, I feel like, are there playground dynamics where you have to make sure that everybody feels heard and understood or how does that work oh I see what you're saying I mean I feel like you know I oftentimes when there's those when there's that many people on a song it's it's not usually that session that that happens in Mm. usually it's created with a like you know for example like even with butter right it's like there's five writers on that is there alex uh, steven yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think yeah five writers and it wasn't like we all and five in the room were like let's write it was like very much piecemeal like rob signed to 27 sent me the initial melody mm-hmm. um and it was a totally different song with a different lyric and i was like oh my god this is like fucking amazing like it's mm-hmm. such a good lyric or such a good melody, melody. and um then I played it for Ron and he was just like, oh, my God, it's so great. So um, he was like, you guys have to, like, come up with a great concept and sort of, like, make it m- more in the b- for BTS, like tailor it like for BTS. So I feel like then my friend Alex, who also lives at the time with over like COVID, I was living in Jersey. So I um, basically had Alex come over all the time writing with me so he came he was helping like you know craft it with me in Jersey and then Rob was in Jersey so he'd come over and then Steven was in Nashville so he'd be on Zoom and we'd just exchange ideas but it wasn't like at all we were never until the end when the song was written when we were doing the vocals and production and just like finalizing the song throughout the songwriting process we were all sort of spread in different places yeah so a lot of times you'll see like all these different names but it's never really like for the most part it's never like all of them in one room to create it you know what i mean yeah so it's like it works better because it's like you may have like an amazing chorus idea like we may write an amazing chorus idea um just me and you but we might write a whole song but the only thing that's good about it is the chorus and i may bring that to another session obviously with your blessing i could be like oh i'm going in i think these people would get it and then let's say so and so is like oh my god i love this what about this verse and then all of a sudden they're a writer and then like you know what i mean and that producer maybe like let me take a shot and then we might like the drums and you're like love the drums but what about this person doing like you know the the bass parts or like the rest of the production or the finishing parts and then it's like all of a sudden you have like six or seven writers crazy do you know what i mean (laughs) so so it's not like you're and for me i guess in answer to your question i'm never like i'm not an egotistical writer and i never feel like i want to like raise my hand just because it's my idea Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i want to do what's best for the song like it's your baby yeah you know you don't want to like if your kid tells you they want to you know be an astronaut when they grow up you're not going to be like you want the best for them right it's like you're going to try to like help them achieve whatever their dream is you don't want to be like oh no i want you i mean some parents do 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 that but that's you know a lot of people suffer from that so i feel like you should do what's best for your song baby yeah (laughs) and as you transitioned from an artist to a songwriter as well um 
what was the first placement or the first time you're like, oh my gosh? Mm. Um, As a songwriter? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got dropped from my label, um, so when I lived in Toronto, I, um, a friend of mine, Noah Shabib, also goes by 40, he called me right after I got dropped, which was really like crazy. It was like, the universe always does that. Wait, can we talk about getting dropped? Because people, <laughs> people always say like, I like got, <laughs> people always say I got dropped from a label. I'm like, is that not the most devastating feeling? Like, are you like, hell yeah, I just walked away with a bunch of money, didn't have to pay it back? Or? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you don't, you listen, it doesn't feel like that because all the money's spent, so it's not exactly oh. in your pocket. Okay, I okay. mean, yeah, you're advanced, but it means seven years later, I mean, it's, I mean, especially as like, when I got signed, I like was like, I'm rich. And just like you spend all the money and you're like, oh, I'm broke again. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's not like you're, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's definitely devastating. I think it's very like, it was a very, one of the main chapters in my life. You know, it's like when you're turning each chapter, you really feel when a chapter's turning. Totally. Like I feel like that now. Me too. Um, mm. Wow. Weird. <laughs> but like you open, you're like, wow, this is really that. And it's like, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely devastating. In the sense that, like, w- you know, especially in my experience where, you know, the streaming world wasn't what it was now. So I only got to release one EP and one single in seven years. Oh, my God. So there was a sense of relief because I think when I was signed, too, is a lot of times, like, the way it worked is you they had ownership over your music. Like, it wasn't like today where you could just, like, put shit out. And, it, like, labels didn't want you to do that. So I it, it was truly being shelved because all your music could not be heard. Yeah. So that was like, so in a sense, like there's one part of me that's like, oh, you're like out of prison because you're like, I can finally put out my music. And in my situation, I got to take my master's back. So I, that was wow. obviously a great thing. Right. Yeah. But then also it really, I guess it just, I mean, listen, I think everything again happens for a reason. So I think I'm, I'm, I feel grateful for the experiences and the relationships and like basically like obviously sharpening my tools and I think that that was really great. But I mean, coming out of the situation, um, it was like, oh, what am I going to do now? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, am I going to go pursue a different, am I going to still do this? Am I not to say I don't think I'm an artist now because you're always going to be an artist, especially when you're, you know, it's, it's, it's what it's whether you're touring or whether you're acting as an artist. But for yeah. me, I'm like, I just want to be creative and I love being in the studio and I want to write songs. So to me, it was like almost like a blessing. Yeah, in a way. But I think yeah. for sure it was like, it was scary. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> so then to go back to the, you, that segued you into getting your first placement. Yeah. So, well, let me think. I mean, yeah. So basically Noah called me and was like they were they were signing Magic Jordan. Him and Drake were signing Magic Jordan to OVO. And they were like he was like, can you help develop this project with us or with him? And um, so, yeah, I just went to Toronto for like a year basically and helped do that. And, and that was the first experience I had really like working with another artist on that level where it was like sort of helping to create the overall um like i mean they obviously had such a strong vision already so it was like but just being a part of you know putting that vision together for the project and also the vocal production and like the songwriting aspect and just having them being like guys too was pretty cool because i was like i can like think differently with them you know what i mean so it was really interesting and it happened at a great time because i was like i really love this so and it wasn't just one song it was basically the whole project so of course <laughs> that's a very jenna andrews <laughs> thing i love that um that's amazing i want to know like what was the worst writing experience you've ever had? oh my god no I'm sure you get asked that like, um were there any divas or was it like you had a lot of 
like a pressure for a big opportunity and you're like oh shit we didn't come up with anything oh my god yeah i mean it's not like all the time luckily because that would be terrible but when it happens it's so it's devastating it's like it's just so disheartening because you walk out being like oh you know especially when you're looking forward to something and like you go in and just feels like a bad vibe it's not even necessarily a lot of times about the music it's about the vibe and like once the energy and the vibe isn't right it's like impossible. get some sage <laughs> i know like oh, um i should walk around with sage from now but on. no i mean i don't have luckily i really don't have a lot of those experiences to be honest especially with artists like i mean i definitely have my fair share of like sessions that's happening but with artists usually i like i mean i've had really good luck with my relationships with artists and i feel really good about that i mean i guess there's like a couple instances but it wasn't even bad it's like literally not even tea but it's just like you know what i mean it's just like i guess you know sometimes when artists first get signed and they're really new and really green and they haven't had experience it's like they are very they have a lot of ownership on what they feel about about collaborating so i think that they they don't want to be like it's like they basically would rather write on their own because they don't want it to mean that they're less talented or something, mm. which I think collaboration is beautiful because it's like, I hate writing alone. I mean, I don't hate it, but I also like, that's not true. I don't hate writing alone, but I love collaboration because I feel like it challenges you and also gives you a different dimension. Totally. But not not all people look at, especially like a new younger artist sometimes doesn't look at it like that, which makes it challenging because you feel like you're trying to like, get to them and you know just trying to vibe and sometimes they're just staring at you like it's like you're like a blank wall and i'm like oh my god like you know what i mean yeah so um so yeah so it's like in that sense i think there's been like awkward moments where you're like okay well clearly we're not getting anything today but usually i try to just be like i was actually talking about this to a friend today that i was just like if that happens now i'll just be like yo let's go kick it like let's go eat let's get coffee let's get a drink you know like um take a breather yeah, so just be able to, like, really get to know the person because that's so much more important in a writing scenario. I always mm. say, like, I'd rather write with my mom or, like, my dog than, than like, write with a bad vibe. You know what I mean? Because you can usually pull great ideas out of anybody. You would really rather write with your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love your dog. Your dog is so cute. My dog is – both dogs are cute. Oh, my God. Um, okay, we're going to do some, like, rapid-fire questions, okay? Okay. Um, what's on the top of your bucket list? <sighs> right now – I um I I would love to like this this mental health podcast that I have um that's also like a show that's on YouTube and stuff. I would love to be able to like really bring that to the forefront for people cuz like I just feel like so many people struggle with mental health and I think it's something that's so important to be able to like not feel ashamed or anything that you're like ev- anything that you're going through and I think it just I love it and it's such a cathartic thing for me so I guess right now as you're asking me in this present moment that's like a bucket list to be able to grow that to something that I feel like can be as big as possible because I think um it can help heal people and especially when you're yeah. talking to artists that I feel like people look up to and can hear that it can be humanizing and make them feel less alone it's like a really cool feeling totally <laughs> so much respect for you and doing that. yeah um, thanks girl of course when was the last time you got nervous before stepping into a session who was it with oh i mean i all the time i'm like that's the whole point really? of doing a mental health yeah because i feel like anxiety anxiety like yeah. it doesn't matter it's not even who it's with it's like it could be anywhere like i'm just like very like even as an artist i feel like i struggled so with like so much anxiety when i was touring and all the press and like it's just so it's so much because we're so hard on ourselves and I think 
you know even given like my childhood and everything is just like so much like stress and anxiety at all times so for the most part i feel like i'm just a walking anxiety <laughs> i'm like i'm like uh. yeah. so it's nice to talk about it so yeah. usually it's not like there, there wouldn't be a massive difference between somebody huge and somebody not i mean i guess there is but there's always an element of like hey i have to like be on yeah and you know what i mean because it's also like who i am as a person is like i'm so focused on good energy so i'm always like okay i gotta bring it you know what i mean yeah. and that's that's Which you do that makes sense <laughs> but like jenna andrews in a nutshell <laughs> but i just love like i want to make sure the energy is amazing and, and and like all that stuff so i feel like in that sense it makes me nervous because i have to walk in and be mentally prepared myself for that you know because it's yeah. like it's a lot it can weigh on your body you're like yeah you're everything it's so physical in the sense that you know so i don't know that i would say like a particular scenario but i was like shaking you know what i mean it's like it's a lot like yeah i feel like i battle that like every day like legit like meetings everything like that because i'm always like okay take a deep breath like what are you gonna say you don't want to because like this industry is crazy people yeah. love to talk people like there's always some kind of tea rolling around so you're like okay very cautious about what you're talking about you know yeah. and that makes me nervous too so yeah um it's interesting. I literally had to call my mom yesterday because for a couple of years, I felt like it was an uphill battle to get doors open. And recently it's been the opposite where I feel like it's like this floodgate of opportunities and I feel so grateful. But yeah. then I've never had such a packed schedule in my life. And I can just I think mentally I'm excited and happy. But then like your body is like, why are you? moving nonstop from five o'clock in the morning to 1 a.m. I know like, exactly that's yeah. how I am too and it's like you have to be careful with that because you're you know I was talking about this yesterday um you have to be super cognizant of that like um just in terms of you know how you you know how like again I'm like the worst to even say this because I don't even do any of these things but like yeah. drinking enough water and like yeah. being able to have enough sleep which no we don't do you know what I mean because we're just so obsessed with this job that you're like I want to get up I can't wait but yeah. at the same time so much of the anxiety comes from not treating your body in the right ways you know what I mean truth <laughs> so you know Especially I think as a woman I think yeah it's you know cycles <laughs> i know exactly uh, <laughs> she's like um, <laughs> it's true though yeah a wink says it all yeah. a wink says it all yeah yeah so it's just like i feel like no it is a true it's like half of your life is like taken from you in that sense and you're like oh my god like it, like and i think you know as women you d you have to deal with like the emotional pain and the fucking physical pain right and yeah, you're just like totally. oh my god like this is like that and and we have to work 10 times harder just to even like get into situations and be totally. on the same level as a man especially in this business right so i hear you loud and clear but you know yeah. what this makes us fighters and, and and makes us amazing so um what's your biggest songwriting fail if there's such a thing have you had one biggest songwriting fail i mean i don't really look at anything as a fail because i think something can fail in terms of what you hoped it actually commercially you know did let's say you know you mm. to your first question like you know do i know when there's going to be a number one song or whatever it is right it's like you can think that and everybody can be like oh my god it sounds like a hit all the all the you know all the du the ducks are lining up or whatever but um but when it comes out and it doesn't perform the way everybody thinks it's going to perform doesn't mean as a songwriter as a creative it's a failure because it actually this is a, an, another way to explain it i think the only way that i've ever felt failure is when you you 
do something against your intuition so it's like if you put out music that you don't believe in because somebody told you that it's going to work out and you know it's not good or you don't think it's good and then it doesn't work then it's a failure but if i put my full heart into something and i love it and it's the best song like i'm just obsessed with it and it doesn't commercially do well that's not a failure yeah because i still love it that's so (laughs) profound god i love that um what's your favorite song that you've ever written um, it's so funny. People ask this all the time. It's one of uh, one of my favorite songs is this song that I did with um, Jesse J back in oh. the day called Personal. Oh, my God. I love Jesse J. Yeah, I yeah. have to look up that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a single, but it was just, um, it was, again, one of those songs where I think it was a very, like, emotional day and a very, like, emotional period. And I remember walking into the session and just, like, like, being in so much pain and like feeling like oh my god i just want to put this all out and it just was so special and then when she sang it and it came to life it was like wow and i think forever even now like everything about that song puts me back into like you know it's like even though that was like a stage where it wasn't like a positive stage but it also just like reflects on something that you got past you know Mm. and i feel like it's a gift it's a gift you get like a little bow Exactly, and I just of, like a bad memory. Exa- exactly, and it turns it into a good memory. Exactly, I think that's therapy. Yeah, it, that is therapy, and that's what songs are there for. And I feel like there's something that that song represents, and I just love it. And I feel like I love to sing it. And like when people ask me to like, oh yeah, you know, do covers of songs and stuff. That's 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 one of them I always bring up. I just it's a special one. So it's cool to be able to sing a cover of like, <laughs> song. <laughs> technically <laughs> you know, i'm like is that a cover i don't think that that's a cover that's amazing though um is there one song that you wish you wrote that is not yours oh oh probably let <laughs> me think i mean I, i'm obsessed with pick up your feelings jasmine sullivan i don't know it oh <laughs> it's so good it's okay. amazing and i love her and i just i love i mean my friend produced it um, which I didn't even know until like a couple weeks ago and I saw him out and he was like, yo, I produced that. I was like, bro, it's like literally my favorite song. But um, but yeah, I mean, that song's fire. So check it out. You have been such a champion of up and coming artists, of female artists. And before moving to L.A., I remember hearing like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be so much competition. Yeah. Um, watch your back. And I feel like you've been the opposite of that. Like, how have you navigated that thought that people put into your mind and been able to actually you're you're helping women blow up honestly I think the main reason why that is such an important thing to me is because I feel like I did not have that and I when I was coming up it was all men and Mm. I feel like I felt all the things that you know that's a whole nother thing but um you know felt the pressure from men and you know being objectified and all those things that i feel like is really hard for a woman in our business and all the things that you said i mean beyond the competition of course that as well i mean all of that stuff um and just feeling like constantly not good enough you know as a woman and like as an artist and like being like oh i have to look perfect and having all these unrealistic expectations and things like that that made me be like okay i'd love to be able to be a female positive role model for younger females coming up or any female really i mean And I think to me, to be able to also be like a big sister, you know, because there's some level of like when you're like for me, it's like when you're like A&R person is like like way older than you and a man. You're just like, how do you relate to me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how could you possibly know anything that I'm going through? You know, but now it's like being like like, you know, 
in a similar age range that you can actually relate and be a girl is pretty cool totally you know cool. and be able to like okay i can actually give you real advice i've gone through this plus it's like we're we, we can kick it we're friends and like this is like real life shit you know what i mean and like yeah. for me there's no co- like competition in that it's about okay cool let's big each other up and let me use my life experiences and the things that i learned and help you in your career and especially like when you love somebody and you care and you i'm I'm so passionate so when i'm like okay i really believe in this artist like i want the absolute best and they become like family you know so it just feels very innate and something that i just love to do i love that somebody commented on my instagram yesterday saying that when you lift other people up it's like being a candle to light some somebody else you're burning down and i was like no, no, no. That's the wrong way to look at the analogy. <laughs> like the the be- beauty of a flame is it doesn't have to get smaller to light another exactly, flame. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like so much of it is perspective. My last question is the show's under the covers, and I want to know, like, what's something that people don't know about you? Like, what's under your covers? Oh, I mean. That isn't in a song. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is. Who knows? I mean, what do people know about me? I guess, like, they maybe they don't know that I'm like I mean I'm I'm definitely like super OCD but I'm like OCD <laughs> in a way that's like I love like organized chaos in the sense that like I'm really obsessed with like scheduling and like knowing what I'm going to do at all times but I'm also like always late and it's just <laughs> like the weirdest thing people are like I don't understand your brain like because yeah. I'm always like so obsessed with like being super on it and all these type of things but then I'll be late I'm like and it's like I'm addicted to like the, the like that but then as a kid like I was so OCD like like the knocking on things like it would be like three or like multiples of three knock or knock on oh, anything if okay. i was like oh this i'd be like i have to do but that's two just more. good rhythm in my opinion no come on girl it like, just, it's not even rhythm but you'd be like okay if it was like this i'd be like oh shit i'm gonna have bad luck if i don't knock it again it's three times and it's like oh four times i don't have to do nine times it's like ocd that's so hilarious. it's like now with my calendar i feel like i'm very much like i have like a color thing which i know everyone does but i'm very much like if if that if I if I don't follow those same things every day, like, for example, right now I've been so busy that I haven't been able to, like, reorganize my calendar. And there's not one day that passes that it doesn't, like, I it doesn't slightly, like, put me off, like, like, I feel like I'm, like, walking on, like, a balanced beam where I'm not, like, completely, like, on. I'm, like, oh, my God, I think about it. I'm, like, when am I going to have time to, like, sit down for two hours and, like, reorganize my calendar? It's, like, ridiculous. I'm, yeah. like, who am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. But, okay, let's do the dare. Okay. And then we're done. Cool. We got to figure out what do you prefer? So we can either set a timer for 10 minutes, write a song. We could do like little jingles. I can sing a song. You can tell me what like is wrong with it. Oh, my Whatever God. Whatever you want. You know. I mean, maybe you, you, you sing a song and I'll tell you. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Oh, my God. This is so cute. I love it. Yeah. So I just wrote this song in New York. Okay. With one of the guys from American Authors. And uh, it's not done yet. So I'm curious. Do you think that you can just find a lover? I'm gonna take the headphones off or else I won't be able to sing. (laughs) Okay. Who sees behind your eyes like me? in this whole wide world I can't recover from the way that you looked at me 
My heart is in a panic, I don't understand it Trying to find a reason to hold on How come everything you wanted, everything you needed All that you believed in still felt wrong And I don't wanna wait for your love I need it all over my body I just need a sign from above this isn't our final story I just wanna fall in I just wanna fall in love And not be blinded by the light Clearly just wrote it Because I forgot half of it <laughs> um, What is it called? Over my body I mean, Honest feedback, no sugarcoating It doesn't matter that there's like five cameras on No, 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 I mean, girl <laughs> No, I mean, for me Like, I feel like What I really strive for In the songs that I write is like a real concept and to really dig into the lyrics so i feel like mm. some of like repeating like love and like all over my b- I like i like what you're trying to say but i feel like there's a way a more unique twist that you could have on that chorus for me it, like when i'm like looking at a new artist and when i want to work with a new artist i'm always like what's gonna set you apart you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i'm not sure in that song that i i would think that so yeah, i think yeah. in that like in the verses i'm like okay i feel the vulnerability and i feel your heart but then when yeah. it comes to the chorus it's like what is it saying like i yeah. hear you but it feels very like blanket statement Contrived. yeah so yeah. what would that be like what is it a lyric change i would think so yeah i mean for me like we, again it feels like a more like a lyric that feels a little bit more um like less passive sounding i feel like mm. if i if we were writing this i would be like okay how do we like really dig in and get more meat out of this and like yeah. not sort of have it feel like you know it just sort of like to me it's like you're building a story and then it just kind of does this and you're like okay cool but like i didn't like really feel like the gut of the song you know yeah. what i mean like i know what you're saying but i think that you could you there's there could potentially be a cooler way of saying it or a more interesting way of saying it so if the lyrics are i don't want to wait for your love i need it all over my body i just need a sign from above <laughs> see but that's a line i just yeah. need a sign from above yeah. is something that i personally wouldn't, wouldn't like. write yeah. <laughs> just because yeah. it's like um Funny. i don't know as a songwriter i just see <laughs> yeah, i have like little things that i'm like no, oh i, I don't like, like to you know yeah. um was i not enough like you know? i mean uh, i would have to think about it but you yeah. should send it to me yeah yeah i'll send it to you. <laughs> um that's really I, I love that feedback. That feedback is really helpful. It's funny because sometimes I feel like words paint a pretty picture, but there are phrases that are like so cliche, so commonly used that like a sign from above is one Yeah, of and I think there's one thing to be said. Like there's a lot of things that people say in everyday sentences that is actually amazing. Like I always use um, the Gautier song, like somebody that I used to know, because that's something that people do say, and but it's very unique and very poignant and hits mm. people soup and they're like it's one of those things like oh my god i can't believe i said that a lot whereas like a sign from above it's like you don't really say that yeah. i'm not like oh my god like i'm so happy i saw you today it was a sign from above like it's like it's so just true. like you don't say That's that it's just so cheesy that. to even yeah. say in life yeah, you know what totally. i mean i wouldn't even say that to my friend in like normal talk you know what i mean yeah. like you'd be like yo like and then so what do you have to think about too in conversation like what would you say and like what seems natural for you to say that feels like a certain element of conversation obviously there's an element of like i mean there's no again it's like something that like almost is intangible to explain but i do think like there's certain like those lines that feel grandiose yeah. especially in today's world it just doesn't work you yeah, know what yeah, i mean because you're totally. just like it doesn't it doesn't feel like you mean it it feels yeah. like oh it's like a songwriter wrote it damn this is such good feedback. <laughs> I'm like bowing to you. You're amazing. Oh, you are. I really appreciate you being on the show. Of course, yeah. And um, I really think that 
there is a difference between luck and talent and hard work. Yeah. And to have a person with your intentions and the amount of time you've put in to build up your skill set mm-hmm. and to just pave your own path. There is only one Jenna Andrews <laughs> in the world, and I'm very grateful to know you. Oh, so, yeah. you too, girl. There's Thanks. only one of you. Listen, we're only one of Everybody. everyone's only yeah. one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what you do with that. You know? Hi, my name is Layla Perry, and you're watching Under the Covers, my show about the risks taken, the mountains climbed, and the victories behind some of the biggest game changers shaping culture and entertainment today. Jeremy Fall. Max Lugavere. <laughs> Mari Llewellyn. It's me. Glenn Coco. <laughs> Drum roll, Graham Bunn, <laughs> Scott Hansen. Greatest <laughs> intro ever. Give it a year, I bet they'll call you a genie.